we are live hi guys welcome to another episode of the Indian Sports Channel Podcast I'm your host David and this is the first weekend without um, <laughs> Premier League or club football I think this is it I think last week was the Champions League final last weekend which is you know last weekend not this one I guess but the previous one so it's actually matches happened over the weekend um, I'm going to be talking about um, Nigerian national team obviously today um, um, we bottled a two goal lead, almost bottled a two goal lead again to the same opponents, and then well, and Troy saved the day with you know the third goal, walked the ball into the net. And there was a Nations League final yesterday, um, and also the third place playoff, the final between Croatia and Spain, and the third place playoff between Netherlands and Italy. Very interesting. And then we'll go over there, and we'll talk, after that, we'll talk about some sports transfers and some club football, basically some sports related stuff. So, without further ado, let's delve into today's episode. Okay, we'll begin. Um, the Nigerian national team um, yesterday, we almost bottled last weekend over the weekend. I think it was yesterday over the weekend. We almost bottled a two goal lead, or we bottled a two goal lead, and then we had to be saved by a third goal. I think there are a lot of concerns. There are a lot of concerns that a lot of um, persons are not really addressing. They are not being spoken about enough, in my opinion. I'll give you an example, right? Defensively, we have. We've have had issues, right? We've had issues for a long time now. I think ever since I stopped putting a lot of my heart and soul into Nigerian national team matches, I have had less um, heartbreaks. This is what I mean, right? So Nigeria is too, in Nigerian national team, right? What two goal up, for example? You know, the 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 that fear that comes with. Okay, can we just see out this game? Let's just see that and I just end this game on a high. All of that, I just had to just you know slowly you know. Um, which was I don't want to use completely killed, but I'll probably say neutralized. I think as with I'll use the word I had to just slowly you know put it down. Cause what was the point? I mean, this is not the first time I'm seeing Nigerian national team trade with a, a lead in a very comfortable, relatively comfortable position. Comfortable because you know there were times when so Nigeria had a lot, well, a lot of chances in that game. The chances where you go forward, we went forward and we looked like scoring. I mean, completely like looked like scoring almost every time. I mean, don't get me started on Chukwueze's chance that he missed after Osimhen had already battled and gotten the ball, threw a pass, and then you know played it wide. I mean, Nigeria did waste, did waste chances in that particular game. So people who don't and and I'm very sure some persons were just changing the channel. Some persons didn't even watch at all. So we're not even aware Nigeria were playing. <laughs> but listen, um, we have a defensive issue, and I, I think. I don't know what I don't know how it's going to be solved. I, I did an episode in 2020 about Nigerian national team, and I talked about how I think I talked about how there was a slow decline over the years, if I remember correctly. If I haven't, I probably do one of that one day. But there's been a slow decline in defense, and it's one problem that we're not addressing. I think, and again, listen, that's a real here in football. When everybody is growing up, everybody wants to be the goal scorer. Most very hard to see anybody who actually grew up, grew up wanting to become a defender, right? I'll give you an example, right? Um, let's say Trent and Ronaldo, for example, right? It's the most recent thing that maybe persons may like the 66 number because of how maybe he revolutionized that role, right? Probably even go back to. But if you look at on if you look at the pitch, the players people tended to want to be 
when the number 10s, the strikers, the wingers, you know, the offensive guys, because those are the ones that got the most accolades, the ones that got the most attention. Defensive guys, goalkeeper, you know, all those other positions don't really get as much balls, as much attention, which is very true. And I think it has contributed to why there's been a slow decline. I would argue that in the in the earlier years, years, it's not that long though, but you know, years ago, let's let's say years ago, there was a period when maybe you were at least good enough for that position, or there were persons who actually wanted to. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. I honestly do not know. I'm just surprised at how the decline has just happened. Is it that everybody? It's just just it's one of those things. It's inevitable. Where nothing good lasts forever, and this probably explains why there's a huge shortage of defenders and midfielders around the world. Maybe it's something that it was happening all along, but because there were just there were many that were just too good to do it, and then they were they were able to make do what we have, and then over the years we've seen a situation where everything has just gotten worse, and now there's a shortage in defense. Okay, if you look at the Nigerian national team, from the days of um, Uche, um, Stephen Keshi, um, so rest in peace. Um, Eguavon, I mean, I think everyone plays with fullback. Eguavon, I mean, all the way like fullbacks back then, though. But let's leave that. Let's go. Let's even apart from that, like, you go forward, you go forward some years for in the future. You would have Yobo, you would have, um, um, oh god, some names are escaping me. I don't know why. The ones that won the AFCON in 2013, right? You had Oguabona, I think Kenneth Murrow, and um, Yobo. They were fine, but they were not, you know. They were not really, really the guys. I don't know, man. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Saribo West, yeah. In the early 90s and the early 1000s, right? You know, we had that. We had that. And we had that period. They were just very consistent defensively. And you just... I mean, if you know where two goals up, I mean, it was on the head. When I was growing up, if you scored two goals, you are not... Most of you mentally accept that the game is done. In fact, the, the, the opposing side accept that it's done. Your side accepts that it is done. If it's two goals up, you're done. But nowadays, it's just mind-boggling at how bad defensively every most teams are. I think it's funny. The funny thing is, this is not even just a Nigerian thing. In the Nations League yesterday, right? Although it, it was almost bottled, it wasn't done. But Italy almost bottled their lead against Netherlands, right? If, if, if on two occasions, I did the just vice, but come to that game in the future, though. I don't know, man. And the funny thing is, the Nigerian one, it is not the first time it's happening. And this is the same opponent. 2021 January, I think January or February, we played against um, Sierra Leone. Four goals up, threw away four goal lead. And the annoying thing was, um, I, Zimbabwe, I had a Zimbabwe friend that was um, talking. I used to always taunt the Zimbabwe national team. I was like, years ago, Kocha came to your stadium, you know, and, and you know, um, Kocha came to your, your country. You know, put on the show. You know, I always used to taunt the. So I had the girl had to swallow me that the day the day we lost focus. I mean, this guy came back to reply with the taunt, with the roast. You know, I know. So now to so see that was that. Now you would think that they've learned their lesson, and then you see now that they haven't. You know, I mean, so is that it's just when they don't learn their lessons, right? And I'm not I'm not going to talk about the coach or anything because even if we want to say Nigeria's national team coach is this and that. I will talk. I will really tell you the truth. Is the personnel good enough? We, are, I mean, offensively, we we may have personnel that are offensively, right? There were some that didn't even come to the national. They were not in the national squad. I think the Europa League, League top scorer and the one in Belgium. I think there were two of them. They were not called up. I remember, Gift Orban and I think Boniface. They were not. Both of them were not called called up, right? So, even if you 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 have that situation, yes, 
I mean, if you want to reel out the attackers we have right now, right? Um, you've got Simeon, you've got Enacho, you've got those two guys I mentioned, right? Boniface and Urban. You've got um, um, Lukman, Ademola Lukman. So I've reeled that positions already. And these are guys who can play up front, right? Don't get me started on the fact that some of them can play across the, the front three positions, right? Someone like Enacho can do it effectively, right? Someone like... Um, um, Chukwes is more forward, not really a center forward, but attacker-wise, attacker-wise, we we're quite fine. Defensively is a problem. The midfield-wise, Ndidi has dropped, has declined. So I kind of get, I don't know, man. But it, this is not going to feel us to come down. And if you want to, if even if this is the Afcon qualifier, right? If we go for the Afcon, for example, I don't even think we're going to win it. That's the funny thing. I don't even know we're going to win it. 2013 is not beginning to look like a long time ago because of how how we have um how we have you know the, the decline is just so obvious 2020 is a long time ago and i don't really know i mean how many nigerians can you walk up on the street and tell you that and say we're going to win the afcon how confident are you they're probably not going to say yeah they're confident enough they're going to win the next afcon even though we tend to go far in this tournament so yeah we'll find the last one we left in the round of 16. it's it's crazy it's it's scary Anyways, let's talk about the positives of this game. Um, Osime scored, um, scored a brace. Um, he was probably one of the, I think, I hope he's the best, was the best player in the game. Um, which is, um, obviously he is, I mean, let's be real. He's probably our only, I think we're going Nigerian, Nigerian squad right now. He's the only one that you say, okay, this is a top, top player. I don't like to use that word, world class, easily, but... Let's put it, let's be real, right? In, in his circle of um, in his circle, in his position, whatever it is, he is actually world class. Let's be real, right? The reason I like using world class, I don't like throwing it around is the reasons I don't like doing it is because I feel it's been overused, right? And I tend not to throw it, but that's not important here. But I think but I believe Ozima is world class, right? He is actually. I mean, yes, he has shown over the last Two to three years because from 2021, 2021, 2019, 20 season was at Lille, scored 13 in 27, got his big move to um, Napoli, he has scored 50 goals in five appearances. That is a very good goal scoring record, right? That's fantastic. That's more than a goal a game, which which is a very good a goal a game is a record for that like a goal. Sorry, a goal every two matches for a striker. That is that is it. That is that's enough. Now if you get more than that ratio. You're going, you're going to the position where okay, this is fantastic, right? And that's that's if you get below a go a go a game or a goal every three matches, most of the time, this is my how I used to rate strikers, right? In my opinion, it's more of like an average, not really good, but a goal every two matches or a goal or more than a goal every two matches, that is fantastic. But that's not important. <laughs> so that's positive. So he scored two in that game. Now he's on 17 goals. That's 17 in 25 national team appearances. That's also more than a goal every two matches. 20 goals away from Yoshidi Yakini. So when when, when um, the game was done, right, and I was seeing something like, oh, Osime closes in on Rashidi Yakini's record. And I had to, I was like, wait a minute, can I check this Rashidi Yakini's record again? Because it's like, I'm wondering if there's a mistake here. Is, there, is everybody seeing something I'm not seeing? I checked. I, I was thinking Osime is already on 30 by now or so, right? I said, whoa, he has gotten to 30 by now. And then I checked, I said, Yakini is on 37. I was like, He's not closing. I mean, listen, he's not closing on that record, okay? And I think we want to address. I want to talk about something, right? Why haven't that record. Why has that record not been broken till this very moment, right? I think there's a lot of factors. Longevity is one. Longevity is one. I mean, how many players have you seen in Nigerian national team that really play for Nigeria over an extended period of time? 
I'll give you an example. Again, if you look at Nigeria's national team, right? I don't think any of our forwards have gotten up to 100 caps. I don't think any of our forwards have gotten up to. I mean, Yakini had like 62 caps, right? If I, if you really check, I don't think any of them actually has. Oh, sorry, I made a mistake. Yeah, Kanu actually has 86 caps, but Kanu's goal record is like 12, so it's it's quite poor. 12, 12 goals, 86 appearances is quite quite a poor return. But my point is, you know, we've hardly seen situations where um, we've had that kind of. I don't know, man. I don't know if I will put this. I think this sort of sh- this this discovery sort of shatters the point I was trying to make. But Kanu Kanu's already going to go. It is it is caps. It is his appearances, right? So that's a good man, which puts which kind of makes you understand as celebrated as Kanu is. It makes you understand how good Yakini was, right? As a strike as a striker for the national team, right? But assuming it's probably the one who you're like, okay, fine, it's getting closer, you know, my, my probably might be able to do it, right? But I don't know, man. That record looks it looks easy, it looks small when compared to other national teams, right? But 37 goals, I mean that's it's beginning to look very, very difficult. <laughs> Another thing you should also notice, when you're with the national team, the quality of service you get is not gonna be the same as the one you get for your club level, your club side, right? So I think with what Osimi is doing, I think he's is doing fine what he's getting, if I'm being real with you, right? And listen, he's good. Again, I will say this he's literally he's world class. But with what he's you know, what he's been served, I mean, if you look at what Yakini had to be served at that time, right? You had um Rashidi, sorry, Finiti George, who was, you know, at one point the best right winger in the world. Then you had um, um, Okocha, right, serving. You know, you had that kind of, you had that from, and you had Aminike, right, on the other side. So you had that situation. I think Mokachi was also, he was too up front. So I think there's, there's different factors that come into play. And also, it's also the fact that maybe our national side is not really as, they're not as good as it was, but again, not, I'm not getting away from Yakini. Yakini was fantastic, and if you look at his goal record, they're fantastic. Let's let's not let's not play here. <laughs> but yeah, I do worry about um, our chances in the upcoming. I just later on my thoughts on this guy. I spent so much time on this. I think I worry about our chances that they have gone. I worry about it. Um, I do not really. If you ask me if we're going to, I don't believe we are. If we if we do, well, it is what it is. I'll be happy to be wrong, but. Statistically, if you go through the entire thing, I don't, I don't think I don't really have a lot of confidence in the national team that they can actually do anything in that game. But probably not proven wrong. Let's go to um, the Nations League. Um, Croatia lost penalties to Spain. Listen, if someone tell me if Spain have never been known for penalty taking, the Spanish national team have never been known for penalty taking. I know they've won penalty penalties before. Penalties as well. I mean, I remember 2012 Euro 2012 Spain versus Portugal. Not just Portugal, the Iberian Derby, Iberian Derby. Um, was it, I think it was the goalless draw, then penalty shootout, then Spain, Spain knockout Portugal. That's the year Spain, Spain won the Euros in 2012, right? But since and and I mean after despite that, I know they've won on that. I think they won on that penalty shootout before. But I don't look at look at Spain and say penalty shootout king. I think when 2018 was they got knocked out against Russia in penalties on penalties, right? I think if I remember correctly. So I do not look at Spain and say these guys are gonna win penalty shootouts. So it's and Croatia, for a team who they have such a fantastic record and penalties, right? World Cup '98, 2000, and, I think 2014 World Cup, if I remember correctly. They, they, they were not in any penalty shootouts in 2014 or so. But 2018 World Cup penalty, they had penalty shootout situation. I think they had it was like three. I think 
up to like three. I think even if just consolidated one, they had, I mean, from their round of 16, quarterfinals, consecutive penalty shootouts. And when they got knocked, they got knocked out in the semis against Argentina. So, it is their bread and butter. So, I was surprised when I found out that they lost penalties on penalties to Spain, obviously. I mean, anything can happen, but I'm sorry, I, I still can't understand it. <laughs> I still can't understand it. But yeah, it was a goalless draw. Um, then Spain eventually, eventually um, won on penalties. But this is one thing I we also noticed, right? The Croatia squad is the Croatian national. Croatian national team is aging, um, which is inevitable. I'm looking. For, I'm looking at who they're gonna bring through next. I mean, someone like Modric. Modric, yes, he or man of the match. I think in their semis against them, only against Netherlands. Croatia knocked out Netherlands in the semis in the over the weekend before that game yesterday. Um, you know the funny thing? The funny thing is that, you know, in that semis, Modric, yes, wasn't very playable all game. Even though he turned up and did contributed and then they say oh, man of the match and all the praises. Obviously, age is catching up with him. I think he's going to be 38 this year. So, at some point, you know, your age will actually tell you tell you the truth, right? And with Modric, we're going to see that a lot more. So, sometimes, he's, that's why sometimes his decline, not really surprising, is inevitable. I think now he's even discussing his future. So, is he going to go to Saudi Arabia next? We do not know. But there's a great chance that that could, um, could happen, right? Because at that level over there, he might be able to produce the goods, right? But again, I think this is the first title for Spain in the Nations League. It's their first title, so congratulations to them. Um, Croatia, well, um, I think this is the point where... I think this last World Cup and this one is that... Is that is, it's just saying that, listen... Uh, this is the last they could get. This is their last, you know, at this level. You know, the next tournament, are we going to see the likes of Perish? Are we going to see the likes of um, Modric again? Because it's not the only two that come to mind when it's okay. Oh, yeah, there's Brozovic. Brozovic is in the 30s already. So, I think he's in the 30s already. So, that one is somebody, even though he's much younger, there's Rakitic, right? And yes, there are these guys, but there's a decline, right? And if you look up from Manzukic has long retired, so they don't have that striker of Manzukic caliber. They have Kamarish up from. Kamarish is not Manzukic. Yeah, there's Pektovic, there's Osic, but these guys are not really Manzukic level. So, Manzukic was, you know, in 2018 World Cup, he had a huge role to play in why they got that far. And in this last one also, they had issues with, with, with strikers. I think that's why a lot of their, they had to play a lot of games. They had penalty shootouts. I think that's why a lot of their games were penalty shootouts. Because I think they were missing some chances also in, even in that tournament. But that's in the past. I'm spending one, and um, I think that's all that matters, and we'll see. Netherlands also losing to Italy at home. Losing to Italy, not at home technically, but on the on the scoreboard, it's Netherlands at home. Losing at home to Italy, two, three, two, third and fourth place playoff. I actually forgot that there's a third and fourth place playoff in this. I, I thought that ideally European tournaments do not consider third and fourth place. I was really surprised that there was a third place because there's no there's no third and fourth place in the Euros. I mean, Afcon has third and fourth place. Um, the World Cup has. I don't. I don't really follow Asian. The Asian Championships enough, or the Common Bowl, or the Concacaf, to know if um, if um, it has Copa America and Common and Concacaf to know if if that is the case there. I know about Africa. There's a third place playoff. And I was surprised that the Nations League third playoff. And um, Italy almost bottled it. I don't know what's up with Italy and this kind of. Um, is it is it football heritage like 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 they like to call it? Is it football heritage? Because um, I mean, Italy they didn't go out of the last World Cup. I mean, they've, they, since they won that Euro, they haven't really been fantastic, right? 
and then they turn up on nowhere and get and, and do the do a number in Netherlands. Although you would argue that they've had some players emerge more recently, right? I mean DiMarco has been fantastic. When Spinazzola got injured, had that long injury and so and Emerson of Spinazzola has been good for them. I would just say that and that's just the truth. But again, um they went three three I think they went three one up. Three one up at one point. The Netherlands came, then they scored. I think it went. Th- no, Italy were turning up. The Netherlands scored one. Italy scored three. If I remember correctly, how the sequence, how the goals came in, or the order it came in. And then um, Netherlands did their thing. It wasn't enough. They had like nine minutes at that time. Even Vergo scored, but it was ruled out for. Was ruled out before Vinaldo eventually scored, making it three two. I, I think it was just one of those games where you would say, well, this ball. Again, I think at, at that level where defensively all around the world it is getting really bad, and I think that explains why defenders actually cost a lot. Because where there's scarcity, there is going to always be you know a lot of high defenders going to be high priced. And another thing people should also notice is that um, these gems, you, you, your hope is your best bet is finding a gem, right? And these gems are very hard to find. I mean, if the club you're buying this gem from, if they know about that quality of the gem, the, the, the gem is not going to be cheap, right? There's a reason why you probably go to certain leagues like, oh, this player is at this league, I can get him for cheap. And then you go there and then you get a high fee. The, player, the club tells you, well, this is what he can do, this is what he can do. We compare it to other players, this is how we value our player. And if you don't want to sign, or somebody's going to pay because the players at that level, I mean, Josko Gravidio, for example, Gravidio, for example, right, I think it's about close to 100 million euros that it's the figure that's been quoted for him, right? I mean, at the le- yes, he's fantastic, he's very good, a lot of people are very good, right? But there are not many like him, right? So even if you say, okay, I want this fee is too much, let's get an alternative. If you look around, who's the alternative at that age that can produce that kind of quality? That's what Man City is going for. And these are things you have to take into consideration when you you look at it. So football, it's it's getting really worse, and um, your best bet is is that. So good luck to everybody involved because I, I, if everybody if they fix this problem maybe in the future we have more defenders but right now there are a lot more attackers maybe because the teams are trying to play a certain way and a lot more persons who want to play up front and then leads to a shot I don't know but we'll see how it goes this is what it is well anyways um, let's go to the sports update I don't like talking about international football because um, <laughs> I tend to it's not a, there's not really a lot to be excited about with football. Let, let's go to um, the sports update um, as you all know, Kulusevski has um, finally is finally is done. He's made permanent. Five million euros cheaper. Um, my own is I hope sports do not do not count this as one of their permanent signings. That's just my own. But they did it last summer. I mean, last summer it was um, making Romero's deal permanent because he was on loan, and then they make it permanent. And then when he was announced. It was announced towards the end of the window, closing on the window, right? That was when it was announced. Well, and sports needed defenders. So Romero is not somebody that you would say, okay, it was a new signing. But they tried to pass it off in a way like it was a new signing, which even though he wasn't. And that's the issue I have. I hope they don't do that with Kulusevski, right? Because sports need wingers. As, as a good as a sport, the sports are going to get a winger who pays he can pick a man. So when I heard such descriptions, my mind goes to Jeremy Doku. Musa Diaby, are they gonna get those two guys or any of the two of them? I do not know. I think I still think Spurs need a right winger. I mean, even if Spurs gets attacking, I don't know if somebody gets someone on the left wing, someone on the wings. But I think Spurs need another winger. That being said, Spurs are not in Europe next season, so it's a game a week, a game every week. So one winger might be enough. 
to do the job. But I think two should be okay. I don't. I think one is enough. I don't know. I don't know. But whatever happens, happens. Because if you want give me a week, then they don't have to worry much about about getting certain wing. About they don't worry much about okay rotation and all. Like every player is certainly gonna play every single match, right? So you're gonna have the, only the league cup and you have to worry about. So I, I think I think they might get a wing. They might, I think one winger should be good. One should be good for now. Maybe you can get another one. Maybe one should be good for now. One might be good enough for now, but I don't know, man. But we will see how how it goes. And then two centre backs, Clement Longley. He hasn't been announced. He hasn't. So they haven't made signs. You know, keep him. Hearing that's going to negotiate for a five million euro signing. Listen, I want to hear two centre backs. I don't want a case where it is going to be um, Longley and another centre back. I want Longley as a new signing and two other centre backs. Because listen. I expect Sanganga, Sanchez, and Eldar to leave. I expect these three guys to leave this window. If these three guys leave, you're gonna have these three persons coming in, right? Emric Laporte. I just found it was 20. I did tell Laporte. Laporte was like 27. No, he was 29 years old, right? Doesn't matter. He's at that age. He's at his peak. Of, I won't say he's at his peak of his powers, right? But even if he plays four sports, he's 29. He can do a job for sports. His quality will still shine. If you pay him, he has years of experience. He's a good ball playing defender. If you pair with Romero at the center, I think it's probably a lot more common than Romero. It's gonna improve that defense. So what I like to know, even if I'm, I have, even if I tend, I tend to prefer younger center backs. That sports should sign younger center backs. I do think someone like Laporte, being in the market for, I think for free, is a free. I mean, that's a no-brainer in my opinion. Yeah, he may not be as fast enough to play high line, but I think the tactic is first can adjust themselves. I think Romero is fast enough to be able to cover. And when Romero plays, Laporte is intelligent and smart enough to be able to cover for him. So I really, gen- I genuinely believe that Laporte is already the guy that's supposed to really try and get. And two other, and even if you sign Longley, because listen, I have, I don't have much of an issue with Longley, even though I don't think he's a, he's, he's not a top defender. Even though he's not a top defender, I don't think he's much of a top defender. However, I still think Spurs should, you know, if, if it's going to be an option, let's say someone should, Spurs should have an option of the bench, on that defender on the bench, right? They can bring on to help out with the team and all, right? And that's fine because you can easily replace Sanchez, Diane. The fact that we don't have to bring on those any of those two guys or Tanganga, any of the three of them, the fact that you have to bring them on whenever Spurs have an issue or something, it's cool enough for me. But... We'll see how it goes. But left footer centre back, I think, is a priority. Right centre back is a priority. And you know, I hope, I'm curious to see who Spurs will sign when they sign them and all. Right, obviously, goalkeeper, Raya is the one Spurs wants. And um, the way Raya is talking, he wants to leave Brentford. And um, personal terms are agreed, according to Fabio Romano. And um, we're going to see if that deal is going to be made permanent. We're going to see if that is going to be done. We will see. And um, <laughs> we will see. And um, yeah, and I want to talk about Papa Matasa. Um, what I want to talk about it is about him specifically is because of um, the Caicedo comparison I saw on Twitter. Now, I'm not going to say I don't like I'm not going to say anything about that. But I well, one thing I've noticed is um, the fact that Sa is not getting as much praise as someone like Oliver Skip. I think he's 19, he's 19 or 20, right? He's much younger. So he has a lot. For me, with the Oliver Skip thing, right? I think that Skip is at that age or at that point of his career where you would say, okay, he hasn't been, he hasn't, he hasn't shown enough promise. I think it's time to say, okay, go, 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 build your career somewhere else. You know, go to a mid-table side, go somewhere else. You know, um, I don't know, maybe like in Nottingham Forest. You know, all these kind of sides, just go because 
for the ambitions sports should be trying to achieve, Skip isn't the guy, you know. And I would, I, I think Prime Matasai is somebody that might, I think people should shift their focus towards making sure that somebody like Prime Matasai becomes that guy, right? He's much younger, has a lot more time. And with this more time, his glimpses and the small time he has actually been on the pitch. I think he's been just three appearances last time, but every of those times, every single time I've seen him, he has looked, you know, good. I mean, the Champions League appearance against AC Milan in, the, in that um, run of 16 tie, he was actually really good in that game. He was actually much better than Skip. But it was shocking that Skip was getting more praise and accolades than him. So, um, I hope this new manager actually considers, you know, t- looking at um, Saar and making sure that Sa is good enough. Even if, if he doesn't, if he's not going to prepare, send him as on loan, and that's fine. But I would actually give, actually shift more, I guess, okay, give some of a chance than Skip. I think Skip at that point where you might say, okay, it's time to really, really um, say goodbye, you know. It's time to say goodbye. Yeah, Nothing for the Crystal Palace, all the sides. I think that's where he should be at. And then he should just go build his career elsewhere. It's just not a diss, it just happens. If you compare Skip to his peers, right? Skip is 23 years old, right? Haaland is 23. Um, Ford is around 23, years, if I remember correctly. Um, who else? I think if you go around certain players that are around his age group, I think Saka is around his age group. Maybe not exactly his but his age group, that bracket, that age range, you know. If you look at players that are around his age range, Martinelli also, right? Uh, they're already showing promise. They're already showing what they can do. And if you're, if you're, if you're around 23 and you're closing to 25, you know, at that particular age, is a make or break period. And I think I think it gets to that point where people just say, okay, I'm going to cut a loss and say, okay, it's too late. Let's just say goodbye. I don't know, but if you ask me, I think that's it. I think if you have, if you have another talent who is also younger and could look like he could do better, you know, why not just focus on that one and that's it. But that's my thoughts on this. But anyways, um, thanks for listening to this episode. When, I mean, when there's no Premier League football, there's really not a lot to talk about. It's mostly on bad transfers. And the way transfer news happen, they, they're so zip-zip, right? Something could drop now and becomes old news in the next hour. That's how quickly things move in this window. But... We'll see how it um, how it goes as the as the days and the weeks go by. Um, see your host David. Um, have a nice week and um, bye.